0: Right from the deep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right from the Deep. First, a big, huge, ginormous thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. Truly, you guys, you help make this podcast possible and we
1: appreciate you. And a great big thank you, thank you to our March sponsor of the month, Tammy Partlow. She's a speaker at Women's Retreats and her debut novel, Blood Beneath the Pines, is a suspense set in the deep south and it's available now so get out there and get it guys she's hard at work on the next book in the series you can find out more about tammy and her book at the website tammy t-a-m-m-y part partlow dot com.
0: thanks tammy And it is my turn for a wonder today. And I have to tell you guys, there's this little spot in my front landscaping that seemed like a perfect place for bulbs. Like, everybody has tulips here, and I wanted some. (laughs) (laughs) And then I learned I had to plant bulbs in the fall. (laughs) I'm like, seriously? (laughs) So I did this. I went to the store. I bought a box of these dead looking things and I planted them in the ground. And I have to tell you, I had very little faith that anything was going to come of these little brown things that I put in the ground. But whatever, I completely forgot about it, actually. And then all of a sudden I'm walking by, you know, and I'm looking, I'm like, what is that little green thing poking out of the ground? (laughs) and lo and behold i'm like it could be a tulip <laughs> it could be and then a few days later sure, there's like nine nine of these little spiky things just showing their little I'm, I'm like this is this is so freaky and here's the thing guys God makes dead things live. This is a wonder to me. And, And this is what he does in his time. You know, even I completely forgot about this. Okay. But it made me think about this. What is dead in your life? You guys, what's dead right now? What have you given up on? Maybe, yes, maybe it is meant to die gracefully, but maybe it isn't. Ask God about that and know That God does make dead things live. And that's a wonder, you guys. And now, here's the show. Welcome, listeners. We're excited that you've joined us in the deep. Now, in our previous episodes in this focus series, we talked about focus on a life-sized scale and on a career scale and even on a day-to-day scale. And we'll link to those episodes in case you missed them. But today, we want to get all the way down to this
1: moment-by-moment scale. Some of us, and I'm including Erin and me here, have every intention of being focused in our thoughts and activities but our brains don't always cooperate. I mean, what is up with that? (laughs) Our minds skitter from thing to thing to thing. Erin and I have had more than one meeting where one of us is talking the other is like, oh, look, a butterfly. I mean, and that's 100% true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or a bird or a squirrel. (laughs) This is not a picture of great
1: focus, you guys. So we recognize the challenges because we live them. Right. And it's not just us. I mean, Society seems to be getting more and more distracting and distractible. The internet and phone apps daily encourage it with their constant flashing of ads and notifications, we have trouble keeping our attention on what we truly want to focus on. And that really
0: becomes a question of attention span. There was an article in Newsweek about this, and i am link to that in the show notes. But the article defined attention span as the amount of time we can stay focused on something. And obviously, we want that to be more than one second, right? And the, <laughs> the article goes on to make the case that technology is making us accustomed to distraction, to the point where distraction becomes a habit. And because it's a habit that is
1: continually reinforced, it becomes a very strong habit. And once you've developed a habit of distraction, your attention span decreases. It's just like, "Ah," nothing, (laughs) and that leads to impatience. I mean, how often have you been around somebody that seems impatient about Everything. And a short attention span combined with impatience leads us to feeling like anything that requires time and thought is unpleasant. So we tend to want to do quick, easy tasks rather than dive into those bigger tasks, which we think will be more difficult because we assume they'll be unpleasant. Right, but that's not
0: necessarily reality. It's our habit speaking. Many times completing a difficult task, it creates the opposite feeling. It might be hard, but we feel a sense of accomplishment when we finish and that feels great, not unpleasant. But habits are strong. So it's no wonder that we're struggling with having short attention spans and likely
1: guys, we're going to continue to struggle. Well, the Newsweek article goes on to say that society now supports this downward spiral in attention span. Expectations of constant availability and the pressure to participate in social media and a variety of other communication channels keeps us tethered to our devices. That's so true. I hate that. And I I hate when you're sitting with somebody and talking and their phone goes off and it's like, It's a moral imperative for them to to take that phone and look at it and see who's texting them. and, And they completely break their focus on the conversation with the person who's sitting right next to them. So what can we do to change things? Well, we've done some research and found some ideas that can help increase your attention span and encourage moment-by-moment moment focus. And we'll link to the articles in the show notes. So the first
0: thing that that Newsweek article suggested was to recognize that distraction is a bad habit. In other words, it's not good, okay? It is something that we should work on. This is a commitment that we need to make.
1: The next thing we can do is stop multitasking I know that seems like heresy, but it's not. (laughs) We talked about this in length in the last episode on focus. You can check that out for more of the research. But bottom line, our brains are not designed to multitask, not even women's brains. They're not designed to multitask. They're designed to do one cognitive task at a time. So what we're really doing when we think we're multitasking and being such a smart aleck and getting all these things done is we're switching back and forth between different cognitive tasks. And that is scientifically proven to be inefficient and slower. Right. Another idea to help increase
0: our attention span is to practice mindfulness. An article on the George Washington University website defined mindfulness as basic intentional focus on the present Moment, And the article goes on to say, mindfulness can be a powerful tool in training your mind
1: to settle on the immediate tasks at hand. You can practice mindfulness by doing something like taking a walk, but keep your phone and other technology out of sight and sound. Focus on your senses. Use your powers of observation and pay attention to what you can see, hear, touch, smell. Focus on only that. Right. And another way to practice mindfulness might
0: be to pay attention to only whatever small task you might be doing at that moment. So for example, maybe you're making your bed <laughs> Don't let your mind skitter around or think about the next task. Focus only on those blankets you're putting in order, tucking the sheet in or whatever. Practice being in the now. You can use these types of little chores, doing the dishes, folding laundry, whatever, as an opportunity
1: to practice and hone your ability to focus. Another idea the Newsweek article mentions is something that I really like and that I think we all need anyway, and that's to increase intention span by practicing active listening. Now, did you hear what I just said? (laughs) Practice active listening. You know, whether we think we have focus issues or not, when you're having a conversation with someone, stop whatever else you're doing or tempted to do and focus on listening Maintain eye contact. Keep your ears and your mind fixed on what the person is saying to you. Put down your phone. Close your laptop. Turn off the TV or your music or whatever and focus on what they're saying, on where they're coming from rather than what you want to say next or on what that ding on your phone just meant. Be curious about other people. Care about them and their point of view. Listen to learn. Don't interrupt them. Don't let technology interrupt you. And trust me, this is much harder than it sounds. Yes, very true.
0: And another idea related to listening is to choose something, maybe a selection of music or a podcast without your TV on. Listen to it without your TV and without scrolling on your phone or your tablet or whatever. The idea is to Only listen. Now, a lot of us do like to do other tasks while we listen to like a podcast or whatever. And and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's fine. But we're also saying that you can possibly use that podcast or whatever as a
1: chance to increase your attention span. Try it. Another practice that can increase attention span is meditation. The Newsweek article quoted Dr. Susan Albers, a psychologist at the Cleveland Clinic, She said that meditation, quote, taps into the skill needed to increase attention span, unquote. And she goes on to say that the reason meditation can help us is that it requires you to quiet your mind and focus on what is happening in the moment. Something very scriptural, as a matter of (laughs) fact. But basically, you're training your focus. And I thought this was interesting. Researchers
0: at Columbia University Medical Center say that meditation can change the structure and function of the brain through relaxation, which can improve memory and attention span, in addition to offering other health benefits. So even people new to the practice of meditation can actually see a benefit. So you don't have to be like a seasoned veteran at this. You can be new. So
1: again, give it a try. You know, there's lots of different ways to practice meditation. Mindfulness meditation, we talked about that a little bit earlier when we suggested taking a walk and paying attention to your sensory input. But mindfulness meditation can also be just sitting and focusing on breathing or focusing on your thoughts, paying attention to them as they go through your mind. You remember that scripture, be still and know that I am God. Let's be still and focus on the things that are happening in that immediate moment. Right. And speaking
0: of scripture, another type of meditation it can be scripture meditation. And this is one of my favorite things. This is a concentrative type of meditation. And there are lots of ways, again, to meditate on scripture. But one way that you might want to try is to read through a verse a few times to get the flow, just one verse, and then slow down and focus on it word by word contemplating the meaning of each word and the implications of each word, and then taking time to listen to what God might be saying to you through all of that.
1: I had started earlier, um, well, actually late last year, I started reading through Isaiah. But what I did is I would take the chapter that I was reading, and I would write the first verse down in a book. And then I would research anything that I didn't understand or anything that seemed new to me. Even though I've read the Bible through many times, it's amazing how new scripture can be where in, in where you're at in the moment. Yeah. So I would write it down. And then if I found what it meant, I would write it down there. And then I would pray about that first scripture, that first verse in the chapter. And the next day I would move on to the second one, doing the same thing. So that that increases your focus on each word. And it gives you a mindfulness, like Aaron said, about what it means for you. And another type of meditation is movement meditation. It might be through something like walking or gardening or practicing yoga. I mean, when I garden, I'm constantly meditating on sin Because weeds are sin. Weeds come in and they get into the plants that you love and wrap around the the roots of the plant. And sometimes you have to pull the plant completely out, get rid of the weeds, and then replant it. Like God has to do with us sometimes. So it typically involves this movement meditation, doing slow, repetitive movements, focusing on your body, your breathing, and staying connected to the present moment to help you relax your mind and body. Another activity that
0: can improve your attention span is getting more exercise. The University of New Hampshire mentioned a study on their website that linked participating in a physical activity with longer attention spans. So, hey, get out there, walk, bike, swim, whatever.
1: You can also foster focus by using the Pomodoro technique through your workday. What you say is the Pomodoro Technique? Well, let me tell you. We'll link to an article in the show notes that gives a full description of it. But basically, in the Pomodoro Technique, you alternate between sprints of focused work and short breaks. For example, you set your timer for 20 minutes and you work solidly for that time. Then you get a five-minute break. Or you could start with a 15-minute work section session or 30 minutes or, you know, whatever works for you. The goal is to encourage yourself to focus by knowing you have that break coming as a reward. The break serves as both reward and rest after the fatigue of focusing. And one of the nice things about the Pomodoro technique
0: is that it helps you break that habit of multitasking, which again increases attention span. Now another way to grow that attention span is to be sure you're getting the sleep you need. <laughs> yeah. And some of us that's a struggle. Lack of sleep can hinder your ability to focus and I know this because I struggle from <laughs> chronic insomnia and and so I know it's hard. But even if you do get enough sleep don't forget that you also need to take breaks throughout your day and your week. You need rest. You can't focus 24-7, so don't try. Um, You also just, you need off time. So, if rest is hard for you, I want to encourage you, rest is actually necessary for productivity.
1: Now, here's one that I know you're going to cringe over, but give it a try. Consider fasting from time to time from technology from screens phones computers tv whatever i know i know you're getting the shakes now just listening to it but try doing it even one day a week or maybe it's an hour every day or whatever it's an opportunity to unplug from the constant noise and distraction and let your brain have a break from incessant flashing and pinging and decision making every notification forces you to make Take a break from constant input.
0: And, you know, I have to tell you, I, I do try to do this on Sunday. I, I, don't, I, I don't even open my laptop, and, and it's refreshing. It, it really is. It helps me come to work on Monday feeling
1: like I've rested. Um, when we first moved to Washington, it took, I think, a month and a half for us to get Internet access. And the availability of making a phone call or getting online here at our house, it was next to impossible. They're just, it was so bad. And I went through withdrawal. I couldn't get on my computer and go online. I had to drive 30 miles to find some place that would give me connectivity. And so I discovered after a couple of weeks, it was kind of nice not having the TV (laughs) Don and I just sat and talked, and if we wanted to, we watched DVDs. But even with that, we spent more time actually looking at each other and talking together. I spent more time outside. I spent more time cleaning and unpacking boxes and doing things that I really wanted to do. It was nice. Now, I confess that when we finally got the connectivity, Don and I were like, Yay! <laughs> Internet! And so... We've fallen back into old habits, but I do try, like Aaron, to take a break once in a while from technology.
0: In another way you can foster better moment-by-moment moment focus is to monitor your mind-wandering. An article I read on entrepreneur.com said, and this is a quote, We spend nearly 50% of our waking time thinking about something other than what we're supposed to be doing, according to one Harvard study. We are on autopilot and our mind is wandering in part to avoid the effort of focusing on something. The key to heightened productivity is to notice when your mind is distracted
1: and bring your attention back on task. The article goes on to say this means paying attention to your thoughts and recognizing when your mind starts drifting. This allows you to manage what you focus on and redirect your thoughts when you slip up. Instead of allowing yourself to keep meandering over to social media or check your newsfeed or whatever, You actively put the brakes on this distraction.
0: And I think this is an area we can all be praying about, that God would help us pay attention to our mind wandering. Now hear this, not all mind wandering is bad. In fact, sometimes it's necessary and good because it helps with creativity and that kind of thing.
1: As writers, we need that. But mind-wandering can cross the line to being problematic when it derails our ability to focus. It can also become sinful if our mind wanders into fantasizing about things that we shouldn't be fantasizing about. And as writers, it is so easy for us to start creating new things and new fantasies in our mind and get lost in those instead of what we're supposed to be doing. We have to protect our minds. That's something God cares deeply about. And we can trust him to answer earnest prayer about doing this and to help us. The next idea
0: to help encourage focus is to create a distraction-free environment in your workspace. Well, how do you do that? One suggestion is to avoid clutter. A Psychology Today article says clutter can distract us, bombard our mind with too much stimuli, inhibit our creativity, cause anxiety, cause guilt, (laughs) and make it difficult to relax.
1: (laughs) We'll link to that article in the show notes so you can read more about it. Also, make sure whatever you need to do your work is readily available. Research materials, notes, supplies, supplies. Or whatever and then make sure whatever you don't need is put away and i can tell you that the lack of this of having these things readily available is very disruptive to focus i still six months later because of we've been sick and so many things have happened where we haven't been able to do what we need to do to get the house ready my office is is boxes on top of boxes on top of boxes and so, if I need to find something, I have to paw through all these boxes without knowing where it is. Drives me nuts. Yeah. Coming into my office when I lived in Oregon, because I'd been there for so long, it was exactly what I wanted it to be, it was almost like breathing a sigh of relief. Coming into my office here, because I haven't got anything painted, there's none of my beautiful pictures on the wall, and my stuffed animals are all still in boxes. It's it's very difficult for me to focus in here right now. Another
0: idea is to don't have your workspace in your TV room if that will distract you. And that can be a distraction for many of us. If there isn't a good distraction-free space in your home, maybe you could find someplace else. Go to the library or the coffee shop for the work time that you need to do, wherever you need to be to create
1: the environment you need. And having a distraction-free environment also means that you manage your screen time if you work on a computer. Don't let your email or social media apps sting at you. I used to have my computer set up so that it dinged whenever an email came in, especially when I was working at publishing houses. I had to make sure that I dealt with things. I finally got to the point where I was pulled away from what I was working on so often. I set it up so that it was only specific hours that I got the dings. And at the end of my time without the dings, I'd go and check and see what I had missed and what needed to be dealt with. So don't let your email or social media apps sting at you take advantage of full-screen apps that immerse you in just that app you need to be in and nothing else. Right, and I discovered
0: on my Mac, like, I had the doc showing and then I'd have these little red badges on the side of my computer telling me, it might not ding, but it's still there. It's still a red badge. And I <laughs> learned how to hide my dock So I can't see those badges and be tempted to go and see what in the world is going on over there. And I think there's other apps. I think maybe Apple's Focus app Will, will help you to focus or, you know, you can use different desktops, whatever it takes, but make your computer screen distraction free.
1: Now, this next one is harder for those of you with uh, small children or who are caring for other people, right. but if you can just find ways to do this for a certain amount of time each day, it helps. And that's eliminate interruptions from people. I used to have a sign that I would put on the door of my office that said, unless it's a severed artery or a heart attack, do not knock on this door. (laughs) So you close your door and you work when the kids are sleeping or not home. You use noise canceling headphones. You find ways. You draw the boundary lines. When I first started working from home, I was still working full time, but because I was home... Don, who hadn't found a job at that point, we'd recently moved to Oregon, he would come wandering over to my office, and he'd come in, and he would just stand there and look at the computer screen over my shoulder. And I tried so hard to maintain focus, and finally, I was like, what do you need? (laughs) (laughs) So that was why I put that
0: sign up and it actually worked pretty well. <laughs> and another idea to encourage better focus is to create a ritual that helps your mind settle, that signals your brain that it's time, ding, 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 it's time to focus. So creating a routine will help set your body and mind's expectation of what comes next. It's like creating a habit. Your ritual might be just one minute or it might be much longer. It needs to be tailored to
1: whatever works for you. So when you're thinking about a ritual, here are some things you could include. Prayer, deep breathing, meditating on a scripture verse, sitting in a favorite chair, Bible reading, doing a short set of exercises, drinking a cup of coffee, that always focuses me and soothes me, (laughs) playing a worship song or some other specific type of music, taking a walk, experiment. To find out what works best for you you know there are no right or wrong answers here repetition and consistency is the key do the same ritual every time right and one last thing
0: that we want to mention there are situations where a short attention span can be caused by physical and psychological conditions. For example, in that article in Newsweek, they listed ADHD, autism spectrum disorder, depression, learning disabilities, and head injuries as just a few of the things that can affect our ability to focus. So, medication, therapy, and or other treatments might be appropriate for people who deal with those types of conditions. Conditions. If that might be you, all we're saying is
1: it's definitely worth having a conversation with your doctor. So, what are we saying? We're saying that one habit in our lives that we often don't even realize we've developed that controls us can hinder our ability to focus. And that habit is giving in to distractions. You've got to learn how to maintain your focus, you've got to learn how to pull yourself out of the things that tempt you and that try to pull you away from what you're focusing on. Scripture, again, tells us, be still and know that I am God. Focus on God. Start there. Start with getting your focus fixed on Him and start with prayer and being focused on prayer. I know how hard that is and how hard it is not to let your mind wander. But friends, there's no better way to establish a longer attention span and a focus That will help you in every aspect of your life than by meditating on God and being still before Him. We need to learn how to let go of distractions, how to ignore distractions, how to trust God to lead us into what we need to be doing every moment of every day, of every week, of every year of our lifetime. Focus can help you. And we're hoping that the things that we shared in this podcast will enable you to find a better focus and increase your attention span so that you can complete the task that God has given you in your writing. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast. So please share it with them. So until next time, Embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.